0: Welcome to New Hope, Hilo, Hawaii. We're ready for the Word of God today. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Exodus. Whew. What a morning! Everybody doing good? Some of you guys are praying right now. What kind of church is this? <laughs> You know, when I, when I thought about this morning, I thought, Lord, there's, there's certain things that you want to accomplish. There's things that we're going to learn from you, and we're actually ending a series called Focus. And next week, we're going to kick off a new series, Life at Its Best. And today, we want to learn why we do this thing called serving. What is serving all about? Because if we look at talent and skill, we really don't have what it takes To serve God. We don't have enough in us to come to a perfect God to say, I qualify to serve you. I don't think any of us could raise our hands and say, I qualify with my past, my upbringing, uh, the things that are in my heart, the the things that I've done wrong against God. I qualify to serve God. But we're going to learn that we were made by God to serve God. Did you know you were made by God to serve Him? Just... Point to the person next to you say you are made to serve God. Just tell him that. Just tell him. Yeah, you're made to serve God. He created us that way. You see, everyone is called. Every single one of us is called to serve him. The question is, what am I supposed to do? See, I think sometimes we get mixed up because we think, what am I supposed to do rather than who am I supposed to become? Many of us will set goals in life and will say, these are my goals. This is what I want to do in my life. And that's fine. We want to set goals. But God is more in the business of, this is who I want you to be, rather than this is what I want you to do. So it's in the act of serving that we become who He wants us to be, rather than what we want to do. Now, for some of us, we serve and, and we're so grateful that we all can serve together. We're part of a team. We're a part of uh, what God is doing in the church and beyond. And so we're doing things for God. But it's in that process that we're finding out who we're becoming in God. Otherwise, we, we will never find out who we're supposed to be in God if we don't serve God. We can be at a distant, uh, in a distant relationship with God and we can say... Um, I'm okay without serving you, but help me to become everything you made me to be. It, we can't do that apart from serving God. It's a part of becoming who we're supposed to be because it's in the servant role that God begins to mold us and shape us and actually helps do things in our hearts that we would never get anywhere else. It's in the area of serving. Some of us focus on who we are in God or we're distracted because we think we're worthless. Uh, we think that, well, this is who I am in God. I'm somebody who did something bad, so God doesn't like me. That's who I am in God. And so we think, what would God want to do with me? Why would He want to be a part of my life? But we're going to learn from some gifted people found in the Bible, how God used them for what purpose and how that relates to us in what God wants to do in our lives today and who He's making us to be. How many of you know a man in the Bible by the name of Moses? Raise your hand. You know Moses. Raise your hand. Okay, Almost, like 90% of us. What about a man named Jesus Christ? Anybody know Jesus Christ? Raise your hand in the Bible. Yes. Okay, so we've heard of these guys. How about um, Aholiab? Aholiab. You may have read the Bible. Maybe a, maybe a 0.2% of us, we know Aholiab. Uh, what about Bezalel? You know Bezalel. Okay, you, maybe you heard of Bezalel. Okay, so these are some guys we're going to learn from today. Now you're thinking, who is that? Who, who are these guys? Well, let me give you a, a little bit of a, uh, a recap of what's been taking place. Now, in the book of Exodus, the nation of Israel, who is led by this man named Moses, is, they're, they're at a point of their history that they are in need of some guidance. ...of becoming their own nation. Remember, they were slaves for over 400 years in Egypt. Then God set them free. And now they're becoming their own nation. And so God says, okay, here's the way you're supposed to live. He gave them the Ten Commandments. He gave them how to worship Him. How to bring offerings. And and how to do the service in the sanctuary. And so now they're at a point where He's giving them instructions to build this big tent called the tabernacle. It's called the tent of meeting. This is where God would descend, and then He would meet with Moses, give Moses instruction, and then Moses would communicate to the people. So they're building this big tent. Now I'm going to read in Exodus chapter 35, so if you do have your Bibles, you can turn there. Exodus chapter 35, uh, verse 30. And it says this, And Moses said to the children of Israel... He said, "See, the Lord has called my name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and He has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding, in knowledge and all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of artistic workmanship." Now watch this. And he has put in his heart the ability to teach in him and Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with skill to do all manner of work of the engraver and the designer and the tapestry maker in blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine linen, and of the weaver, those who do every work and those who design artistic works. And Bezalel and Aholiab and every gifted artisan in whom the Lord has put wisdom and understanding to know how to do all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary shall do according to all the Lord has commanded. Then Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab and every gifted artisan in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, everyone whose heart was stirred to come and do the work." So now you see they're at this point of building. They're going to build this tabernacle for God. But God says, look, I have already gifted people. I've already given them wisdom. These are the people that I'm calling to serve me in doing this. Now, this was just the building of the tent. There's more that God had called people to do. This was those who had the artistic ability to construct and to fabricate. And God says, these are the people that I've given wisdom to. And he said they, that you have everything that is needed in the people. That they're going to be the ones that will do this. It wasn't going to be Moses. It was going to be the people. They were highly skilled and they had the ability to even teach people. And what we want to learn from these guys is why would God call these people to serve him? What was the whole meaning behind it? You see, we, we are here thousands of years later... Where God is still in the business of building, but He's no longer building tents. He's no longer in the business of, of the tent building industry. Today, He is in the business of building people. That's His industry. He's not building big tents, He's building big people. That's, he wants us to become better and better and better for Him. You were made by God to serve God. And in your notes, that's what Exodus 35, 30 says, as I just read. Then Moses said to the children of Israel, he said, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Did you know that God has called you by name to serve him? He's called you by name. You're not lost in the crowd. You don't just come to church and attend and then that's it and you're done. He has called you by name to serve him. And you might think, no, 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 I, I can't serve God because I have all these reasons why I cannot serve Him. There's no possible way. I, my schedule doesn't allow it. I, I just cannot. It just, I, I'm, I am not able to. Do you think, I want to ask you a question. Do you think God is looking at your schedule and saying, man, not possible. Can't happen. It's not going to happen. Shucks, man, I wish I made 30 hours in a day. We I had eight days a week. I'm sure God looks at our life and He sees how busy we are. That's why we need to serve. See, serving does something that busyness cannot ever do. It will never, ever accomplish what serving will do. You might even feel, and I used to feel this way, yeah, but every, get, they're doing it already, get plenty of people serving. There's so many people that serving. They don't need me. And that's what we think. Serving is not about a need. Serving is about who we are in Jesus Christ. We're His servants. That's who we are. We serve Him. We don't serve out of need. We really don't. I mean, think about the way church is done today. We have all this technology, we have video projectors, we have video cameras, we have sound systems. Scratch everything away. Everything. Sound systems, buildings, even children's ministries, van drivers, uh, cooks. Maybe not the cooks. Keep the cooks. Scratch everything else. Just think. We could still just have someone read the Bible and learn. So it's not about a need. It's really about us becoming His servants I might say, well, why do we have all these things then? Why do we need all these things? Do you know what it does in our society today? It helps us to focus. It helps us to stay focused on the Lord. That's why we, that's why we do church the way we do church. It helps us to stay focused on the Lord. And then the Lord says, the, way, the reason why I do it like this is because you have the opportunity in the gifts that God has given to you to use it for Him. Yeah, but I have this reason, that reason, this reason. I pray that today God will give you a better reason. That He will show you the potential that you have and the reasons why He calls us to serve Him. If you are taking notes, can you write this in the first thing, in the first point? That the Lord has called me by name to serve Him. He calls us by name. See, when God calls us, He already created in us the ability to serve Him. He already did that. He when He looked at us and, and when He created us and when He was thinking about us and, and, and putting the gifts and the talents that, that we have, He did that for a specific reason because He could see our life from beginning to end. And He knows what we're becoming. In Exodus 35, verses 34 and 35, it says, "...and He has put in His heart the ability to teach. In Him and Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach of the tribe of Dan." He has filled them with skill to do all manner of work of the engraver and the designer and the tapestry maker in blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine linen and of the weaver, those who do every work and those who design artistic works. So it's not us who put this in our hearts. It's He who has put this in our hearts. And He also has given us the ability to teach. Did you know that there are many people coming to know the Lord? Many people. We'll look at our our uh, end of the year report, and some of you come to our vision nights in October, and we see how many people come to know the Lord. Hundreds of people come to know the Lord, and people will say, "Wait a minute! If hundreds of people are coming to to know the Lord every year, where do they go?" Why, if, if hundreds of people are coming to know the Lord, why has our church not grown by hundreds of people? How many of you guys ever ate Pez candy? Raise your hand. Pez. I'm sure we all know Pez. I tell you, the, here's what's astounding about Pez. We buy this container, we put the candy in it, and then we pop the head back, we eat the candy. It's fun. But when it runs out, here's what's astounding. We actually buy the candy, not eat it from here. We take it out of the wrapper, put it in this container, and then eat it from this. Why? Because it's funner, if that's a word. It's so much more fun. But you can never put more Pez in a Pez container that never rises up to the next level. We can have the Pez full and say, look how much Pez we have. we got Choke Pez inside. But we never flip the head back. The only way you can refill a Pez container is if you keep taking out and have those that are in the container rise up. And it's the same way in church. The only way we get new people into the kingdom of God is if those who are already there rise up. That's the only way. If we're comfortable and we're saying, I don't need serve because there's many people who are serving. Many people. They don't need me. You're right. There is no need. But it's an act of who we are. The Bible says we're the church. That you're the called out ones. That we rise up to this next level. It's not for us. It's not for us to say, oh, I'm stepping up to this. No, it's, Lord, I'm, I want to make room so the new people you send, I can help not just teach, but the Bible says to make disciples. That there's, something, there's some, something happens when we rise up to serve the king of all kings. That he says, I can send people. It's not to get a bigger church, it's to have bigger people. So people can become who, who God made them to be. Somebody did that for us. When we walk into church, the lights are on, the sound system is working, worship is happening, the pastor gives a message or a word, somebody cooks, somebody is with our children. It doesn't just happen. It's people who have said yes when God called them. And they've said yes to serving Him. See, something happens inside of us when we serve that we'll never get anywhere else. Your job will not give you the satisfaction that serving does. See, our job, we get satisfied from our job by our paycheck. When we do a great job or we work overtime, we wait for the paycheck. And then we get the paycheck, we say, yes! And then we look at our bills and we say, no! (laughs) So, satisfaction is only for a little while. But for those of you who serve... And you will understand this if you serve. When you're done serving, you're satisfied. It doesn't go away. It's a different kind of satisfaction. It's a satisfaction unto the Lord, not unto a paycheck, not unto a gifting or a talent. See, there, I can use my gifts for myself. And we do. We provide for our families. We use our talents and our skills so that we can earn a living or make a living. We use it to entertain people, which is okay. But when I use it for the Lord, the satisfaction is so much more rewarding. I've learned from many of you the joy that you have in serving. The encouragement you feel when you serve. The fulfillment when you serve. Because you understand that it's not done for any other reason than for God Himself. But did you know that God will use you also to teach others? And some of us may think, well, I don't want to teach others because if I teach others, then it's gonna take away from what I know. It's gonna take away from, from the things that I do. What if I teach someone else a skill and they use it against me? What if they what if they open up their own business? What if they do this? What if they do that? See, I think we're starting off at the wrong place. We're starting off with us. We're starting off with me, my talents, my skills. When we should say, wait a minute, Lord, you gave this to me. Now, if you gave this to me, did you have that same fear? Did you think, wait a minute, if I give them this talent, this skill, they're going to they're gonna take away from me. They're going to do something that, that takes away from me. Lord, did you have that fear? Because I don't want to have that fear. Lord, how did you do this? What did you do? You know what he did? He came to serve. It starts with serving. It doesn't start with our gift. It doesn't start with our talent or our skills. It starts with serving him. See, serving is an act that we do that helps us to become who we're supposed to be. We don't serve to do. We serve to be. It's in the area of serving that God can work on some things in our hearts that we would never learn anywhere else. Sometimes there's a hard crust over my heart that I can get away with at work. I can get away with in the, in the world. I can get away with on the road. I can get away with in my family. But you come to serve the Lord, it's much more difficult. Because God is saying, there's a crust over your heart that I need to break through because there's something I want you to become. But it's not going to happen until that is broken. And we fight against the one who created us. For all the reasons that we have. Whatever reason we have. I've heard them all. I've said them all. I've said every reason that is possibly known to mankind. One was, I don't have time. One was, they don't need me. One is, I don't agree with what they're doing. One is, but they're not going to listen to me. One was, and all of these things that I I mentioned and, and much more, it always came back to self. Because the, the biggest thing you and I will struggle with will not be our financial burdens. It will not be our, fin- our, our family difficulties. It will not be our marital problems. We will struggle with a thing called self more than anything else. Serving kills self. Because now you're not serving for self, you're serving for others. You're serving for, for God, unto God. It's, it's now a selfless act. You're saying, I'm putting myself on the side so that I can serve you. And then, when I have difficult times in serving, I don't back out. I step up. And I say, wait a minute, Lord, why am I feeling this way? What is inside of me? Yeah, yeah, this is happening, this is that. But what are you doing in me? And I tell you, when I see people push through and they have that breakthrough... Doors open up that were normally closed. And it just opens wide the heavens. And God does something that would never have been done otherwise. It's in the area of serving. Lest we forget who we are. We're His church. We're the body of Christ. The body of Christ is not a lazy body. It doesn't just lie down and do nothing. The body of Christ serves the head of the body which is Christ. That's who we do this for. We do it unto God. I think when we look at our giftings, and we will we, we'll tend to believe that it's for us, and, and I think the media or, or the market, uh, the marketing strategies of the world, they help us to believe in this, that life consists of getting everything you can and doing everything you can and enjoying everything you can for you for self watch all the all all the advertisements today the three million dollar advertisements today for 30 seconds they pay these big bucks because they want to help us to become who they want us to become three million dollars just so that we can say that's me I can see myself doing that if I crack one beer all the girls in bikinis gonna show up that's gonna happen so it's ingrained in us that if i do this if i get that if i become that then that's it's gonna bring satisfaction in life but it's not we're duped god says i i made you to serve me there's a reason why he does that see number two you can write this in we all have something to teach I have something to teach, you have something to teach. You have something to learn, I have something to learn. But together as a body of Christ, we can do much. It is said that you never lose your light of your candle when you light another's. It just makes the, pr- the place brighter. It, you, you lose nothing. You lose absolutely nothing. Exodus 36 verse 2, and then Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab, and every gifted artisan whose heart the Lord had put wisdom. Everyone whose heart was stirred to come and do the work. Serving takes work. It takes work. That's why. That's why God created us in the way He did. So that we could do the works unto Him. Now, let me ask you a question. Just from this scripture... Who puts the wisdom? Yeah, it's God. It's the Lord. So, why do you think God gives you the wisdom? Why do you think He gives you... Why do you think He created you with the talent you have? What do you think it's for? Do you think it's just so that we can survive? That we can make a living? What do you think it's for? I mean, let's just think about it this way. Because this is what I used to think. I used to think, okay, God, you gave me this wisdom so that I can do this. You gave me this wisdom so I can, whatever it is I'm putting my hands to, to work or to get a paycheck, whatever it is. This is why you've given me this wisdom. God gave us this wisdom to build skill of the talent we were born with. Every single person is born with talent. Everyone has talent. At least one. Every single person has talent. But not everyone has skill skill is practicing and honing your talent so that you can become better. But we don't come to this place of being skillful so that we're just the best. We don't get this wisdom from God so we become the best to say, Oh, I'm the best. I'm the best. God gave us this wisdom to become the person to make somebody else better. If they become better than us, that's fine. But so that they can become better. That's what he did with you and I from the day we met Christ till today he just keeps making us better and better and better that's what he does if we choose so he can teach but if we're not teachable then we don't get better but he's given all of us the ability to teach are we doing that are we able to teach now some might say well I tried teaching nobody listened." well then what What, then what are you doing about it I'm just not going to teach is, is that where you've come to the point of saying all the gifts that you have you're not even going to use it no no sense why because nobody listening nobody yep who's nobody everybody everybody All <laughs> oh, 7 million people 7 billion people nobody well you know just a couple people well why, what are you trying to teach well I'm trying to teach this and they're not listening they like doing the old way hey you like doing your own way I let them go and so then we just we're back in the same place But maybe God is trying to teach us something. Maybe He's saying, well, it's the way you teach. You think you know it all. Maybe He's saying, it's the way you teach this person. You put them down. Maybe it's the way you speak to them. It could be anything. But if we're not willing to step out and say, God, what are you trying to teach me? Because I want to teach someone else. Whatever it is. Can you see that it's through the servant's door that God wants to do something greater? There are some who are excellent in what they do. And that's great. They have a great name, but that's it. They have excellent skills, but that's it. And then one day we'll go to the grave, and that's it. Then there are some, they say, you know, I'm not the most gifted person, but I'm willing to invest in someone else. I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to teach. Even what little I know... Even with my mistakes and flaws, I'm willing to learn too. That even in that, they give away. And even though they may not have a great name, they may not be the best at what they do, they too will one day go to the grave. And although they die, their legacy lives on. Your talents, your skills, they're not for you. You can use it, to the day you die. And that's your choice. Nobody can say anything. But that's the whole point. Nobody can say anything because you took it with you. I pray that we will become a church that long after we're gone, the church still carries out. Not because of something we did, but something that God did through us. That we became something, not did something. And it only happens as a result of us saying to God, I'm willing, I'm willing. Use me however you want to use me. I want to be included. I, if you want me to teach, I'll teach. If you want me to learn, I'll do both. Whatever you want me to do, I'll serve. But you might be thinking, but what's so important about it? I mean, yeah, I understand that, but what, what, what does it do? How, how does that help me to become who I'm supposed to be? How does, that, how, does that, how does that do anything for my walk with God? What does it do? Well, serving takes our eyes off of us, and it puts it on the Lord. That's what serving does. It takes our eyes off of us, and it puts it on the Lord. If you want to minimize distractions... Find a way to serve God with all your heart. Yeah, but I don't have time. Then ask yourself, why don't I have time? Just ask yourself. Keep digging because God wants to do something here, not necessarily here. He wants to do something here. And it's through the act of serving. It's in the servant role that he can do something extraordinary with this heart. As as defiled as my heart can be. As critical as my heart can be, as raw as my heart can be, and as, as, as bad as my past is, God says, I can do something extraordinary with that if you just serve me. I can clean you from the inside out. Let me take care of that. You just take one step at a time. And sometimes we, we forfeit our own calling because we put all these reasons why we shouldn't or cannot serve him. When God says, "Put that all on the side," let me give you the reason why you should. And He'll do that. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not talented enough. I, what if? What if people say a uh, 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 you know, bad job? Or what if? What if? Um, what if I fail? What if? What if? Um, what if I make a fool out of myself and people laugh at me? You may have even had people say that to you. Oh, no sense. No sense. You're gonna make a fool out of yourself. No sense. You do this. No way. No sense you help serve with the children. They're going to run you wild. No sense you do this. No sense you cook in the kitchen. You can burn them down. No sense you drive vans. You can get into an accident. With your track record, we have all these reasons why we shouldn't. But it's not how gifted we are because it's not us, it's the Lord. Here's our last point this morning It's the Lord who equips me, it's not us. It's not us. It's the Lord who equips us. Watch this. Okay, so today you're going to watch two teams battle. If you're watching the Super Bowl. If you're not, hopefully you can catch this. You're going to have the 49ers and the Ravens. You're going to see some excellent plays. You're going to see some gifted people. You're going to see, um, uh, hopefully, some fantastic catches or runs, kick returns, whatever it would be. They did not develop that skill today. No one steps on the field today and say, "Okay. Ready to serve." I'm be a running back. Give me the ball. Puts on the They can't even look like a professional player. But if they haven't been prepared, they step on that field they're dead first play. It's not us who equips ourselves. It's the Lord throughout the years throughout the years. When you start serving, that's not when you start being equipped. You've been equipped your whole entire life to serve the Lord. Why? Because that's how God created us. You think only in church we've learned to serve God? We continue to learn to serve Him in church, but He did all of this in your entire life for the very moment of you stepping through the servant's door. That's what He did. All through your life. Yeah, but I didn't even know him. You think God, you think you need to know God in order for God to move in your life in your past. Many of us had found this out. When we came to know Jesus Christ and we came to know God and how God does things, we look back at our life and we say, God, you were always there. You were there every step of the way. It's just that I wasn't. But you were there every step of the way. You're trying to lead me closer to you. You're trying to help me get to know you. But I was the one who didn't make that decision. All our life, we're prepared to the game day of stepping through the servant's door. You may think you're not ready. Because I've said that, Lord, I'm not ready to do what you have calling me to do. We'll never be ready by our own on our own. We're only ready because he's ready. It's the only reason. He's the one that equips us. Look at Acts 13, 1-3. And this is the church when they're booming in the New Testament. And it says, Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lysias of Cyrene, Manian who has been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said... Now, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Now, this may happen to us. That we have all these reasons, but God says, wait a minute, you got to separate yourself. Not so that you can just get rid of those things. But he says, now separate to me for the work to which I have called you. That's what he's saying. you got to separate yourself. Because I've called you to become something for me. See, we've been learning in the past weeks that we're the church, we're the called out ones. That it's going to be through you that God will use to build big people, to bring big hope, so that people can find the big potential that God has given to them. It's not gonna come just from one person, it's gonna come from His body. The body of Christ. It's everybody put together. For some, you just need to separate yourself for the Lord's use. To separate yourself from your old life, from your old way of thinking, or the old routines, or old patterns, maybe even your old perspective. To come into a new life with a new way of thinking, with new routines, new patterns, and a new perspective. The Lord is ready to equip those whom He has called to serve Him. And we say it like this. God doesn't call the equipped he equips those he has called it's going to be him because we don't know, we don't know what's in store for our lives we, do, we cannot see the future but God does he knows exactly what he's doing I remember in high school, I hated this one class. Now, you may have different classes that you didn't like in high school, or maybe you're a a high school student right now, or or college student, and you just don't like this one class. Sorry, teachers, if you teach this subject, but I hated English. I really dreaded English class. I walked into that classroom, the teacher would write these things, and, and I'm thinking, I don't understand they would write the nouns and adjectives and, and pronouns and verbs and, and whatever else. And I would look at that and say, I, I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. The teachers would try to help. I said, I just don't get it. I don't understand. And then I remember I, I, I just got fed up. We would take tests. I would take the test, flip it over and draw on the back because that's what I was good at. I said, I can do this. this I can do. <laughs> but I remember telling my teacher, Mr. Lee, and I said, Mr. Lee... I don't understand this. Why do I need to learn this? When am I ever going to stand in front of people and speak? (laughs) When in my life am I going to do this? Why do I need to know a thesis statement? Why do I need to know the the introduction, the body, the conclusion? What is that going to be good for? (laughs) I remember him sitting on on his chair, just leaning back, he had a little mustache, he went... You just never know. That's what he said. And I was thinking, Lord, you knew. You knew way back then. That, that, that you... Ah, you and Mr. Lee, you guys in cahoots. Can I say that in church? I don't even know what that means. And I remember coming to the place of realizing that God prepares us all the way through. So I want to say this to teachers. For those of you who teach... And you feel like giving up. And yes, your pay is not even close to a football player's pay. But I tell you something. What you're doing in the lives of people is eternal. It's life-changing. So the teachers who teach for the pay you get, we applaud you today for all that you do. Even though the students don't like a class. <laughs> even though they say, what am I going to use this for? They will someday. Because it's not us. It's the Lord that is doing something. And I think if we put our focus on the Lord, then everything else becomes, in, becomes a bit more clear. We, we, we gain more perspective in that way. See, I had to come to almost like ground level. And asking myself, but why, Lord? But why? Why do I serve? What's the heart behind it? What's the meaning? I know all of these things. I can learn this. I can learn that. Yes, you're teaching me this. You want to help me. You want to grow me. I I know this is is how you help me to become who I'm supposed to be. Sorry, Sandy. Am I going too fast? (laughs) Okay. And uh, this is who I'm supposed to become. And this is what the Lord said. When you serve me, you become more like me. You don't serve me out of need. You don't serve me out of self. You serve me because you love me. And if you love Jesus Christ, that's why you serve. That's why you say yes to him. That's that's the motive. That's the feel for why we serve him. I want to encourage you. That you were made by God to serve God. Would you bow with me as we pray? You can bow your heads and, and close your eyes. And here's our prayer this morning. And I know there's some of you this morning that you, you don't know the Lord yet. Maybe you're coming to know Him. You're, you're learning more and more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Maybe... You're sifting through your mind. What do I need to do? Uh, you know, do I need to, to do something to make my life right with God? Do, do I need to do good deeds? Do I, do I work harder so that God can forgive me for my sins and my wrongdoings? And the answer to that is no. God accepts us just as we are because Jesus paid the price for our sins. He made it possible for us to know God and to come to God. And so this moment that we're at right now in your life is the moment God has been waiting for, for you to say yes to Him. And I'm going to say a prayer in just a moment. If any of you this morning, you have never said yes to Jesus Christ, that right now is your opportunity to make that connection. And if you want to give your heart to the Lord, Could you just lift a hand right now, and I'll pray with you. I'll lead you in a prayer. If you want to say yes to Jesus today, today you're saying, today is my day. Good. God sees your hand. God bless you. Bless you in the back. God sees you. Good. Anybody else? You're saying yes to Jesus. Good. Good. God sees your hand. Right here. God sees your hand. You can put your hands down. God sees you. And we're going to pray this prayer together as the body of Christ. And in this prayer, what you're doing is, especially for those Who are saying this for the very first time, you're giving your life to Jesus Christ. And here's the prayer let's say this together Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross and shedding your blood for the forgiveness of my sins. I believe you rose again to give me eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. For some of us this morning, we are Christians and we've been walking with the Lord for a while. Some of us have been in church for a while. Some of us serve, some of us don't for whatever reasons. But maybe God is saying in this season that He wants to send more people that He wants people to rise up and maybe He's spoken to you this morning and He's saying to you, it's your season. That it's your turn to do what others has, have done to you. And if you're here today and you're a Christian and you're saying, Lord, I, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I just know that you're calling me to step up. Would you acknowledge that by raising your hand and doing so? You're saying, Lord, I want to step up in this season. Go ahead, raise your hand. Yeah. Many of us. Lord, you see the hands? You know the hearts? You can put your hands down. I pray for all of us, Lord, that we'll be the church that steps up so that people can come to know you, that we'll be willing to teach, that we'll be able to to help others become who you're, you're making them to be. So we put our trust in you. It's in your name that we pray these things and we all said, Amen.